Riverside, San Bernardino Inland Empire, and listeners around the world. Welcome to the Truth Seekers Radio Show. I'm your host, Angeline Marie. And thanks for taking time to join us on this Sunday morning. We're broadcasting on our flagship station, KCAA 1050 AM, the station that leaves no listener behind. If you're located in the Southern California Inland Empire, you'll find us on KCAA 1050 on the AM dial. And if not, you can find us streaming on KCAARadio.com or TalkStreamLive.com. Also, you can always find podcasts posted on KCAARadio.com to listen at your leisure. And you can learn more about our show at TruthSeekersRadioShow.com. Today, my guest is Dr. David M. Berman. He's the Senior Pastor of Christian Life Fellowship in Swansea, New Hampshire. He's been active in ministry since 1985, and he earned his undergraduate degree in pastoral ministry from Atlantic Southern Bible College, where he graduated with high honors. And then he earned his postgraduate master's and doctorate in theology from Christian Bible College of Rocky Mountain, North Carolina. He's been married to his wife, Brenda, for 28 years. They have five children and two grandchildren. Pastor Berman's first book was published in 2005, titled Wake Up and Smell the Truth. And in, in, in it, he addresses many social, political, and economic issues from a spiritual perspective. In one of the chapters, he addresses the Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms, and today we'll find out his perspective on the subject. So, welcome, Pastor. It's great to be with a conservative woman, since we're told by the left (laughs) all women are liberal. Listen, I thank you so much for taking time to speak with us today. Um, And it only seems appropriate, Pastor, that I start out with this question, and that is, do you own firearms, and can you tell us why? Oh, yes. I've been an avid shooter for many, many years. Back since I was a little kid, my father was a, a state police officer in Connecticut, and um, I grew up with firearms. I grew up shooting, uh, target shooting, learning how to handle firearms properly, and um, I certainly would never be without a firearm. Okay. And... Who do you believe should own firearms, Pastor? Well, I think it's quite clear uh, from the Constitution that every single American has the right to own a firearm, um, own many firearms, multiple firearms, and all types of firearms. And, uh, in fact, uh, the Congress is not supposed to infringe on those, on that, uh, that right. Um, you know, the only ones who should not own firearms in the country are, you know, convicted felons and um, illegal aliens, um, those ty- those people. But um, every American citizen has the right to bear arms in defense of liberty, in defense of themselves and liberty, in defense of the Constitution. Okay. Um, and what... What does the Bible say regarding self-defense? I mean, a lot of times you'll hear people say, well, if you're a Christian, you shouldn't be advocating ownership because guns kill people. And what would you say about that argument? Well, I think it's a reasonable uh, thing to talk about. First of all, uh, the idea that guns kill people is sort of ridiculous because um, cars don't kill people, guns don't kill people, rocks don't kill people, knives don't kill people, people kill people. 
And when people kill people, they should be held accountable for that. And people who do not kill people should not be held accountable for what other people do. So that's the first thing. The second thing is the question about, well, the issue of owning firearms to defend yourself. Should a Christian defend themselves? That's the first question that I get from people. They say, well, if you're a Christian, you shouldn't even own a a firearm or a gun because you're saying you have a right to defend yourself. And I would say quite clearly that uh, the Bible certainly does give me a right to defend myself. Um, They point often to the passage where Jesus says, turn the other cheek. And uh, unfortunately, if they, when they point to that passage, they usually don't read the entire passage and the entire in context. All Jesus is saying is you try your best to, to turn away from people who are trying to hurt you verbally or otherwise. Um, not long after or before that, you will see things like, if your eye offends thee, pluck it out. If your right hand sins, cut it off. They certainly wouldn't take those verses literally, mm-hmm. because this is saying something about that, about your eye offending thee. He's trying to make a point that we should help our, you know, help uh, do what we can to not allow the eye to offend or the hand to offend. Uh, we should stay, stay away from sin as much as we possibly can, and we should certainly turn the other cheek. We should not go out guns blazing, do our very best not to get into altercations, fights, not fight over silly things, Um, try to turn away from that. That's a last resort to ever have to pull a firearm to defend yourself or ever have to use your fist or anything to defend yourself. But clearly we have a right to self-defense, defense of our family, and defense of the innocent. So if I was walking down the road and I saw somebody, you know, uh, 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 hitting uh, an old lady, uh, what am I to do, walk by and say, God bless you, or am I to intervene and stop that person well, clearly, I am to intervene and to stop that person from hurting that lady. And anybody who would not do that, and they would say it's because somehow the Bible told them to turn their cheek, are simply, at best, misrepresenting the Bible, at worst, are cowards. Right. What do you think is the reason behind pe- that people who don't believe in, in guns or that they should be heavily regulated? I mean, do you believe it has to do with ignorance of the Second Amendment or, you know, to begin with? Because I think in this society, we're just used to calling 911 for help. And I don't think people really understand you know, the history of the country and how we used to have to defend ourselves before you could call your local police. Right. Well, I think there's two things to say about that. One, the average American citizen, unfortunately, has become constitutionally illiterate. Uh, They've certainly become biblically illiterate. There are a certain group of people that know better, but they do not believe in the constitutional principles. Let me give you an example. Sarah Brady who's the uh, chairman of Handgun Control, Inc., um, wrote a letter to Senator Howard Metzenbaum, January 1994, um, on page three of the National Educator. This was recorded, 1994, page three. And this is what she said. Quote, this is Sarah Brady, chairman Handgun Control, Inc. Quote, our main agenda is to have all guns banned. We must use whatever means possible. It doesn't matter if you have to distort the facts or even lie. Our task of creating a socialist America 
can only succeed when those who would resist us have been totally disarmed. Sarah Brady, Chairman, Handgun Control, Inc. Mm-hmm. So there are those people that actually understand the reason in the Constitution why we have guns. And it has nothing to do with hunting. Mm-hmm. Everything to do with defending ourselves from tyrannical government. That's the reason why. And in fact, George Washington said, a free people ought to be armed. George Washington also said, if you'll allow me to give this quote, it's a little bit lengthy. I'll do my best. Can I do that? Okay, Pastor, can you just hold it for one second? We're going to go to a break, and we'll be back in two minutes. Stay tuned, listeners. You're listening to the Truth Seekers Radio Show. God's Word on a daily basis. But what about the ones who cannot hear these precious words of truth? Where would I find hope? Imagine God's Word in the tongue of those who thirst for the same hope you enjoy on a daily basis. You can help them experience the same blessings you take for granted. This book is like a GPS system. I turn to it to chart my course as I begin each new day. Help someone hear God's Word for the first time by becoming a Wycliffe Associates volunteer and take part in the goal of Vision 2025, helping start a Bible translation in every language that needs one by the year 2025. Find out more by calling 800-THE-WORD. Who will show me the way? Make a difference and help share the hope of God's living Word. Call 1-800-THE-WORD. That's 800-843-9673. Or go to our website at WycliffeAssociates.org and find out how you can become a Wycliffe Associates volunteer. Don't be stupid with your skin. It's the only skin you're in. Know what's good and bad to do. Find the right and wrong for you. It's time you learn what it's about. Cause indoor tanning is out. UV lamps from a tanning bed, they can turn your skin beet red. Wrinkles come from the UV light, and eight spots make you go frightful sight. With UV light, it gets worse. Skin cancer is a wicked curse. Don't be the one that's tanning dead. Use your brain, use your head, it's time you learn what it's about. Cause indoor tanning is out. A message from the American Academy of Dermatology. Welcome back. You're listening to the Truth Seekers Radio Show. Today our guest is Pastor Berman, and we're discussing the Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms. And Pastor, just before we went to the break, you were just about to give a quote from Washington. Yes, George Washington said also, of course he said a, uh, a free people ought to be armed. But he also said these words, quote, Firearms stand next in importance to the Constitution itself. They, they are the American people's liberty teeth and keystone under independence. From the hour the pilgrims landed to the present day, 
events, occurrences, and tendencies prove that to ensure peace, security, and happiness, the rifle and pistol are equally indispensable. The very atmosphere of firearms everywhere, anywhere, excuse me, restrains evil, restrains evil interference. They deserve a place of honor with all that is good. George Washington said those words. And the reason he did was because he was a man of common sense, which we're lacking today. Um, guns give people the ability to defend themselves. They give, themselves, they give people the ability, to, the ability to defend themselves from criminals, but also from tyranny. An armed citizenry has the ability to fight back from tyranny. It's interesting. Our country, its founding is so different, and here's why. In every tyrannical country or every throughout history, you would always take your oath to the king. You give your oath to the king. You know, you, we don't give our oath to the king. We give our oath to the Constitution. Everybody takes an oath to the Constitution. I swear to defend the Constitution from all enemies, both foreign and domestic. This is a shocking, shocking oath. It isn't today, but when it was made originally, it was shocking. Because the American Revolution was a shock that was heard around the world because it completely destroyed the idea of the divine right of kings to give and to take away rights. There is no liberty without the ability to defend oneself. And there's clearly no liberty without the citizenry to be not only armed, but know how to use those weapons. And that's why the government and those global socialists and um, American socialists, Marxists, they want to disarm the American citizen. And they do it by saying, oh, you know, we're not going to take away your hunting rights. We'll never confiscate your guns. Well, Governor Cuomo in New York let it slip on a radio show recently. He said it may come a time where we need to confiscate people's AR-15s. If you trust the government, you're out of your mind. It's just as simple as that. And the reason is because history teaches us what our founding fathers knew is that government is always attempting to expand its power. It's just the nature of it, and we must hold it in check. That kind of ties into the next question I was going to ask you. You had a section in Wake Up and Smell the Truth. It's called History Teaches the Need for Guns. And in there you talk about being more concerned about gun violence by governments than by criminals. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yes, I'd be happy to. In fact, um, I, go, I, I go to this debate often with my, uh, my Jewish brethren. You know, I'm, a, I'm a Jew who's a Christian, and uh, many of my Jewish brethren, uh, the, the, the stats show, uh, vote, vote for liberal Democrats uh-huh. uh, or liberal Republicans. <clears throat> and um, I've always go to argument over this because the history of the Jewish people has been persecution by governments, uh, from the Spanish Inquisition to, of course, Hitler's Germany to uh, um, Stalin, you know, to think to Russia. Uh, you can go down the line, and you have had Jewish people who pers- have been persecuted by governments. And we worry about the individual criminal, but what history teaches us is that tens of millions, hundreds of millions of people 
have been murdered by governments. Of course, in Germany, you've got 6 million Jews murdered by the government. In China, you've got tens of millions murdered by Mao Zedong, the government. In Russia, you have Stalin's murder of tens of millions of people by governments. History shows us that the real criminals have been governments. Now, let me make myself clear. I am not an anarchist, and I'm not anti-government. I am in favor of government, but as limited by the Constitution. Let me make myself clear. Mm -hmm. I'm not an anarchist. I don't believe in no government. I don't believe you don't have to have reasonable contract law and have policemen to defend the peace and that sort of thing. Don't get me wrong. But we have a limited document called the Constitution, which makes it very clear that uh, of individual liberty and individual responsibility and states' rights and so on. And we have literally, um, you know, I would say, you know, I want to say literally, um, the government we have now is basically using that for toilet paper. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is an, an absolute travesty what is happening. And not just this president, but the previous Republican president, and on and on and on, with the strengthening of big government, uh, increase of surveillance, I mean, licensing for everything. I mean, we have lost our liberty, and people don't even know it. I agree. Um, Recently, I read an AP story. It was about the gun control debate, and in it, This is from our own government FBI statistics. It said since the 1990s, crime has plummeted in the U.S. The rate of violent crimes, including murder and assault, have fallen half from 1992 to 2011. Rates of reported property crime have dropped 41%. Now, keeping that in mind, do you think that the average American is even aware of these sort of statistics Do they see the correlation between lower crime rates and the fact that today more Americans are armed? I don't think that your average person sees much correlation between anything but what they hear the sort of mainstream liberal propaganda speak. I mean, the media, the mainstream media, and that includes entertainment, has basically become the fourth branch of government, the propaganda branch. And they push every kind of absurd liberal thing you can possibly think. And and statistics are irrelevant. Um, Logic is irrelevant. So, no, I don't believe that most people in our country um, understand the principles of liberty, understand the principles of of being able to defend yourself, of of a peace through strength, like Reagan spoke about. That doesn't just apply to government, but uh, governments around the world, but also to individuals. I don't think they understand that at all, along with anything in the Constitution. In fact, I don't think your average person has a clue that the Constitution is a limiting document. The whole purpose of the Constitution is to limit government, not to give it power. It, it, gives, it, it simply mentions the very, very simple, basic power that the federal government has, the enumerated powers to, the course, the three branches of government, uh, federal government, which are judicial and uh, legislative and executive, and then the enumerated powers to the states in the Tenth Amendment. 
quite clearly saying that there's certain very specific powers given to the federal government and the rest are reserved for the states and the people. Nobody understands or even cares anymore mm-hmm. because we are brainwashing people to believe that government is the answer when history teaches us that government of, has always been the taker of rights, the, um, the liberty stealer, and once it sucks you in to dependence upon it, it will suck away your liberty and bring tyranny. First it's soft tyranny and then hard tyranny. And that's coming, I believe. I really do. You know, um, what I said earlier about us having the luxury of calling 911, let's just say, I mean, what if society did deteriorate? Just just having a firearm alone to protect your life, your property, your family. Recently I saw a Fox News report about the city of Detroit and how it's deteriorated due to the economic situation and they have lack of funding now to keep their infrastructure growing. So the point being made was that sometimes somebody's somebody might have to call police or EMS and there just aren't enough emergency crews to answer all the calls. So they said some of the you know citizens in this piece said that sometimes they may not have any help show up for 20, 20 or 30 minutes or not even at all. So that point alone, you would think citizens would see the need for firearms. But I really don't think that they think that that could happen to our society. What do you say, Pastor? Well, we have, we have numerous examples, actually, in recent history. Uh, we have, of course, the uh, riots in California, the Rodney King riots. Remember those uh-huh. in uh, central L.A.? And um, the Korean businessmen there had firearms, and they defended themselves from mobs of people. We have the Katrina situation where uh, most of the, uh, many of the police, now I don't believe it was all of them, but many of the police just basically left their duty. They just decided they're not going to be on duty anymore. Some of them, because they rent to see what happened, you know, they're worried about their own families or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you had roaming bands of gangs with weapons, and the government came in with the National Guard and took away people's weapons from their homes and confiscated them mm-hmm. from their, so they couldn't even defend themselves. Also, the fact of the matter is, most police work is not stopping crime. Most police work is investigating crime. Um, so if someone breaks into your house and threatens you, you don't even have five minutes to wait for the police. You may not have two minutes to wait for the police. You may not have 30 seconds to wait for the police. You should have a right to defend yourself clearly, not just in your home, but wherever you are. That's another thing, if I may. Um, we hear them also say, like the Joe Bidens of the world, mm-hmm. no one's trying to stop you from having a shotgun to defend your home. Well, first of all, um, I'm not always in my home. Mm-hmm. So I want to defend myself wherever I am. Okay, Pastor, I'm sorry. Can you hold that thought? And we're going to take a two-minute break, and when we come back, we'll finish. Hold that thought. Sure.
these are the sounds of someone taking their eyes off the road. Texting while driving is more than distracting. It's dangerous. Do yourself a favor. Do us all a favor. When you're on the road, stay off the phone. A message from CTIA, America's Wireless Companies, and the National Safety Council. year, millions of people fall for dangerous fad diets and bogus weight loss products. Here's how to separate facts from fad. This is registered dietitian Melissa Joy Dobbins for the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics with your Eating Right Minute. Fad diets give lots of promises and few results. Some are even dangerous. Remember these warning signs. A guarantee of rapid weight loss is a red flag. For long-term success, aim to lose about one pound per week. Never follow a diet that bans an entire food group or one that allows you to only eat from one group. Finally, there is no proof that eating specific foods at certain times of the day will help with weight loss. To create an eating plan just for you, see a registered dietitian and visit www.eatright.org. Encouraging you to eat right, I'm registered dietitian Melissa Joy Dobbins with the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics. Welcome back. You're listening to the Truth Seekers Radio Show. Today our guest is Pastor Berman, and we're discussing the Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms. And Pastor, before we continue, do you have a website or any contact information that you'd like to give the listeners? Sure. You can go to smellthetruth.com, smellthetruth.com, uh, and that's the website. You can also go to my church website, CLF church.com that stands for Christian Life Fellowship clfchurch.com if you'd like to email me you can do so at at this dr dave at clfchurch.com if you'd like to email me feel free to do so uh you can find me just if you look up dr david m berman you'll find me all over the place it's easy to get a hold of me of course I'm available like for speaking engagements and such um, and my latest book is called Essays in Liberty. You can get that at Barnes & Noble online if you want. Look up Essays in Liberty, Dr. David M. Berman, Essays in Liberty, and you can get that one as well. And is that, can they find that on your website too? Yes, you can find it on the website. You can uh, find it online at, uh, like I said, uh, Barnes & Noble if you want or Amazon or anything you'd like. Okay. And I'm sorry I had to cut in there, but we were speaking about deterioration of society and owning a firearm. So you could pick up what you were saying there. Yes, I was saying that, you know, they often say to you, no one's trying to stop you from defending your home. And I was making the point that I'm not always at home. Uh-huh. I'm on the street. Should I say to the criminal coming up to shoot me, should I say, hey, uh, hold on a second. Let's go to my house so I can grab my <laughs> shotgun and defend myself. Uh-huh. The arguments are absurd. They'll say, well, we're not trying to stop your hunting. This isn't about hunting. Hunting is a separate issue. The right to own firearms is a basic right as in, in, enshrined in the Constitution. And, uh, in fact, if I may, George Mason, who's the co-author of the Second Amendment, um, in 1788 said this. He said, I ask, sir, what is the militia? And he answers it, it is the whole people. To disarm the people is the best and most effectual way to enslave them. George Mason said that. George Mason, the co-author of the Second Amendment. Patrick Henry, 
He said, the great object is that every man be armed, and everyone who is able may have a gun. Patrick Henry. We all know the great American patriot. Uh, of course, there's a wonderful quote from uh, Thomas Jefferson, and he said this. He said, those who hammer their guns into plowshares will plow for those who do not. Mm-hmm. Because he understood that it's the, uh, the power, uh, whether you like it or not, the power of the gun, uh, whoever holds and controls the guns, is going to control those that don't. Right. And that's just the way it is. In fact, Mao Zedong, the uh, terrible, rotten, horrific, Marxist, murdering pig that he was, he said that power comes from the end of the barrel of a gun. Because he, that's why he made sure that all the Chinese had their guns taken from them. Mm-hmm. So the history teaches us that when you remove weapons from the average citizen, you give government power. Now, here's the problem with most people. <clears throat> they fall into the human condition which says, oh, that will never happen here. That could never happen here. It's a false sense of security because... If you look at most politicians, I think most of us say that most politicians do not want to go down the road shooting people to death. They don't, you know, I'm not accusing politicians of wanting to go down the road shooting everybody. What our founders taught us and what history teaches us is that these types of things, they don't happen overnight. Once the weapons are taken away, you get more and more government control, more and more government control, more and more taking of your liberties, more and more taking of your liberties. And, of course, they won't shoot anyone if they don't have to. They'll just take your liberties, and you have no ability to defend your liberties. So the question is, do you want to live under tyranny or do you want to live under freedom? And the greater question for me is, being a father and a grandfather, is – Do I want to pass on liberty to my children and my grandchildren, or do I want to pass on tyranny? And that's why for over 20 years I have been speaking out, writing, preaching about what's going on in our country. My first preaching is about Jesus and the gospel and knowing Christ as your Savior. But I also hit on all these subjects concerning our country because I don't want to leave uh, my nation to my grandchildren and my children having not done everything I can as an American to defend the Constitution and our way of life. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it seems like more and more you hear these, especially these mass shootings that always, at the base of it, the shooter was on some sort of drugs. Why do you think we don't hear more about that relationship between the drugs and the mass shootings? You know, that's a wonderful point. I, you know, I, I didn't um, realize you were going to bring that up, or I would have had the statistic in front of me. I, can, I know the statistic uh, within a few points mm-hmm. um, out of my head, so I'm going to give it. And uh, the audience, forgive me if I'm just a couple points off. There was something like 68 mass shootings in the last 30 or 40 years. Mm-hmm. And there's something like 65 or 66 of those people were on mind-altering drugs. That's unbelievable. You can look at that statistic. It's just around there. So, again, forgive me. I'm not giving it because I don't have it right in mm-hmm. front of me. But I do remember the statistic because, in fact, we just looked it up not long ago to check into that. And the reason for that is because the drug companies are powerful. And the culture you – know, now, this is – now I'm going to tell you what my opinion is. This is my opinion. My opinion 
is that the culture does not want to acknowledge sin, so it calls everything a disorder. Everything is a psychological condition. It's no longer that somebody is just a sinner, doing the wrong thing, making bad choices. It's always that they're, they're, you know, they've got some kind of so-called condition or syndrome. And so they give them drugs for it. And these drugs alter the mind. And it's quite amazing. I was listening to a commercial not long ago by a drug company that was advertising a certain antidepressant. And what they said at the end of the drug advertisement, when they talked about the side effects, they actually said in the ad, may cause you to commit suicide. And I thought to myself, <laughs> it's mind-blowing mm-hmm. that you can have an ad on television to sell a drug <laughs> and then for depression, and then say, may cause you to kill yourself, and they get away with that. Right. It's mind-blowing. It's all but about the money. It's about the money, and it's about control. And I believe that, you know, you know, we don't have all day to do a show here, but, boy, if I had hours and hours, I'd go on about what the psychological um, establishment has done, the psychology establishment has done in trying to uh, medicate and, and control the minds of the American citizens and to believe all kinds of crazy nonsense. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Uh, absolute craziness. Uh, it is, it's unbelievable. And, you know, these in, in a mass shooting like... Um, this guy was on mind altering drugs. You go back. You got the guy who uh, who shot uh, uh, that poor uh, senator uh, or uh, congressman, uh, congresswoman. I forgot her name. Uh, um, Gabby Gifford. Uh, he was on mind altering drugs. You've got. You know, this just goes on and on and on. Right. And you're not going to stop a crazy person, uh, whether on mind altering drugs or not, from doing something crazy by taking away the guns of the people who are not crazy. Not going to stop it. So then can you, what would you say the argument that harsher gun control laws, I mean, they keep harping on, we got to get harsher gun control laws because that's going to eliminate mass shootings and we'll all be safer. What do you say to that? Oh, probably the most recent example of how stupid that is, is uh, the bombing in Boston. And of course, I don't live very far from that. I live in New Hampshire, but I'm not that far from Boston, a couple hours, um, and which they they used... Uh, pressure cookers, and they made bombs, and they blew up a bunch of people, killed a bunch of people, injured a bunch of, I think it was 170 people injured, something like that, about that amount of people injured. So, uh, you know, and people died. And, of course, they used pressure cookers, uh, made bombs. So now we're going to ban pressure cookers? I'm just curious if we ought to put a law against it. If we're going to stop these bombings, we've got to get rid of pressure cookers. Right. I mean, you're not stop crazy people by taking the rights away from honest citizens. Mm-hmm. It's not logical. If you could put all the gun control you want in, but the fact of the matter is, is since Obama started pushing this, there's been 65 million guns that have been sold since then. Uh, people, uh, there's a, a large segment of the population that is not going to be unarmed. They're just not going to have it. Not going to have it. And any crazy person who wants to buy a gun in the black market, can get one. Any crazy person who wants to blow people up can blow people up. More people are killed with knives than with guns. More, keep, more people are killed with blunt objects than with guns. That's a fact. It's an actual fact. And it so doesn't... I, I'm sorry, go ahead. I just propose that we 
outlaw all knives. We outlaw all blunt objects. We uh-huh. outlaw uh, 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 pressure cookers. We outlaw cars. We outlaw everything. And it's absurd. Right. Absolutely absurd. What do you say to the argument that the Second Amendment does not guarantee individual right to own a gun, but it was really just intended to be a collective right of the states to maintain militias? Well, as I said, George Mason, the co-author of the Second Amendment, said the whole people is the militia. One. The whole people. But here's the reason why they're wrong about that. Because in the Bill of Rights, the, all, all the Bill of Rights are about the individual. They're all about the individual. The individual has rights against the state. So the state cannot violate those rights. Of course, our country doesn't care about that anymore. That's why we've murdered 55 billion babies and taken their right to life away. Mm-hmm. Um, to say that to own a gun means it's the collective of the state, somehow regulated by the state government, and not the whole of the people is ridiculous because a militia is the whole people. Again, George right. Mason, 1788, I ask you, sir, what is the militia? And he answers, it is the whole people. To disarm the people is the best and most effectual way to enslave them. That's the co-author of the Second Amendment of the Constitution. So it's beyond clear that the militia is every single person who is a citizen who can handle a weapon. Mm-hmm. And that would be just about all of us. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, we've got one more break to take. So if you could just hold on a second. We're, listeners, we'll be back in two minutes. You're listening to the Truth Seekers radio show. We'll be back in a minute. Antioxidants. You've heard of them, but do you know what they're good for or where to get them? This is Sylvia Escott Stump of the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics. Antioxidants. They destroy the free radicals that cause cellular damage, and eating foods that are rich in antioxidants may help prevent cancer and heart disease. These foods include red wine in addition to grape juice, whole grain pasta, eggs, seafood, and canned beans, brightly colored vegetables, carrots, squash, broccoli, all the peppers, sweet potatoes, tomatoes, and kale are other tasty sources. And for those of you with a sweet tooth, good news. Honey, brown sugar, and maple syrup, in addition to fruits like blueberries, cantaloupe, peaches, and strawberries, also contain significant levels of antioxidants. Encouraging you to eat right. I'm registered dietitian Sylvia Escott Stump with the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics. For every translator on the field, we need at least two volunteers. There's a role for you in the Ministry of Bible Translation. If you're willing, you can help. On a computer, sewing machine, a car, on a ladder, there's work you can do. 
Wycliffe Associates volunteers help build the translation training centers, provide systems for clean water, do office work, and share the unquenchable Word of God to those who desperately seek eternal life. I want to know about Him. Please help me find Him. Learn how you can become a Wycliffe Associates volunteer and take part in the goal of Vision 2025, helping start a Bible translation in every language that needs one by the year 2025. Call 800-THE-WORD. Would I do this again? In a heartbeat. If God is calling you to make a difference, call us at 1-800-THE-WORD. That's 800-843-9673. Or go to our website at WycliffeAssociates.org and find out how you can become a Wycliffe Associates volunteer. You're listening to the Truth Seekers radio show, and today our guest is Pastor Berman, and we're discussing the Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms. And Pastor, before we continue, would you like to give any information on how the listeners can get your books? You can go to uh, uh, Barnes & Noble if you'd like to get my uh, new book, uh, Essays in Liberty, by Dr. David M. Berman. You can go to my website, smellthetruth.com. SmellTheTruth.com. You can also go to my church website, CLFChurch.com. You can also email me if you'd like to at DrDave at CLFChurch.com, and I'd be happy to take your email. Uh, Happy to do so. Okay. And so what do you think about the outcome with the recent attempt to beef up background checks that didn't pass the Senate? What's your feelings on that? Well, the background checks, they want, people don't realize this, that what they want to do with background checks is they want to, if you just want to sell a gun to your, to your brother, they want you to go get a big background check for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, the, the interesting thing is that the statistics don't show that people are selling guns to their brother and their brother's going out and committing crimes with a gun. Right. See, the whole point of this... Uh, what blows my mind with most people who don't, well, most people don't understand the issues, but <laughs> here you have the Sandy Hook thing, right? Right. This horrific tragedy uh, where this this insane person goes and shoots all these people. And uh, by the way, I grew up in Connecticut, not that far, about an hour and a half from there. And it's just horrific. And so the um, the politicians, they seize on that and say, okay, let's put a bunch of gun control in that they even admit would have done nothing to stop that. Mm-hmm. Let's put background checks on me if I want to sell, if I want to buy a gun for my brother, or from my friend down the road if he wants to sell, sell me his uh, hunting rifle, and I've got to get a background check for that. Right. Which leads to what they really want, which is gun registration, full gun registration. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the interesting thing about gun registration. Somebody said this. Let me quote, if I may. This year will go down in history. For the first time, a civilized nation has full gun registration. Our streets will be safer, our police more efficient, and the whole world will follow our lead into the future. End quote. You know who said that? Mm-mm. Adolf Hitler. Wow. In, 19, in 1933, when he was the chancellor of Germany, he said, let me read it one more time. Quote, Adolf Hitler, quote, this year will go down in history for the first time a civilized nation has full gun registration. Our streets will be safer, our police more efficient, 
and the world will follow our lead into the future. And we all know what happened there. Mm-hmm. Where the Jewish people were disarmed and had no ability to defend themselves. People, when I say these things, they go, are you telling me that you think that could happen here? And my answer is, absolutely. Right. It could happen. Will it happen here this year? No. Would it happen a year after all guns are taken away? No. Ten years? Probably not. But could it happen? You better believe it could happen. That's what history teaches us. Right. Because if you don't do what they want you to do, they will force you. That's what they do. And Obama, he has no problem with that whatsoever. In fact, he's attempting to force the Catholic Church and other churches to give out abortion pills. To kill babies. Mm-hmm. Uh, birth control. Whether you're in favor of birth control or not is not the point. The Catholic Church doesn't believe in it. Who's the government to tell them they have to pay for it? Right. See, they don't care about your religious liberty. They don't care about your personal property rights. They don't care about your right as a parent. They don't care about any of your rights. They literally don't care. They will do whatever they can to infringe on your rights because that's what government does. Do you really believe, think that people believe that tougher gun control laws are really going to keep the criminals at bay? I mean, do they really believe this? Do they think the criminal is going to go through the proper channels? I think some people do, but some some people are just, um, unfortunately, a large segment of the population, particularly in the cities, that don't have not been raised with guns. And they say things like, well, what do you need that for? And, of course, my answer to that is, well, first of all, I'm an American. I don't get things just because I need them, number one. Um, I can say the same thing to that person. I can say, well, what do you need that smartphone for? What do you need that fancy car for? Why don't you get yourself a Yugo from the 1980s? Why don't you get yourself a little, you know, uh, uh, why don't you walk on or get a little scooter? You don't need that fancy apartment. You don't need those fancy clothes, and you don't need that big house. You don't need to go to the movies. You don't need to go out to the fancy restaurant. You don't need your fancy wine or your beer. You don't need any of it. Is that what we live in? Or what are we, Mao Zedong's place now? We're all going to dress in gray and mm-hmm. eat rice? Mm-hmm. Eric, it's freedom. That's number one. But number two, the reason I need a gun is because I, need to, the, I have the right to defend myself from criminals and from tyranny. What people don't understand is that an average police, when the, when the police have to use their gun, there's an average of five shots that come out per criminal. That's what the statistics show. In uh, New York, they have limited your uh, magazine to seven rounds. <clears throat> seven rounds. Anything over seven rounds is now illegal. Well, if you have a gun with seven rounds, and you and you get your house broken into by a couple of thugs, you've got seven shots to defend yourself. That's not enough. Mm-hmm. Secondly... Let's just say, you know, you have a gun with seven rounds. Well, you can have more than one gun, can't you? You can have a number of guns. Yes, you can. But what about a poor person? What about a person who 
doesn't have a lot of money, but they want the right to defend themselves. They can't go out and buy 15 guns with seven rounds, five guns with seven rounds. Mm-hmm. They should have the same right as everybody else to own a weapon to defend themselves. I mean, come on. What do you what do you think will happen in the long run? Do you think that they're going to get these harsher gun control laws eventually passed? And what do you think the outcome will be? Um, I think they I think they're taking a different tactic right now. The federal government has ordered 1.6 billion rounds of ammunition. Um, the caliber that they're mainly ordering is 40 caliber. They are drying up the ammo supply and the component supply. So if you try to get any kind of bulk ammo right now, mm-hmm. like people buy 1,000 rounds at a time, and the average person doesn't understand because they go, what do you need 1,000 rounds for? Well, for one, there's a lot of avid shooters that are target shooters. And 1,000 rounds is not a lot of ammunition, believe it or not, because if you're shooting, target shooting, and that's your sport, you can go through that you know, fairly quickly just in your target shooting. But you can't get that now. And if you can, it costs an incredible amount of money if you can find it because ammo is drying up for two reasons. One, the government's buying tons of it. Um, and secondly, there's a panic right now because everybody knows that Obama's trying to take away and the Democrats and the liberal Republicans who go along with them are trying to take away your ability to defend yourself. Right. So, you know, you mark my, you can mark not my words, but mark the words of all of our founding fathers. Mm-hmm. That um, if you take guns away, there'll be tyranny. Thomas Jefferson said something very interesting. He said, quote, the greatest danger to American freedom is a government that ignores the Constitution. And the Second Amendment is in, uh, it is the Constitution, the Bill of Rights. It is our founding our founding principles. So it's very important to remember that Thomas Jefferson understood very clearly and, and said that, uh, you know, when the government, uh, excuse me, when the people uh, fear the government, there's tyranny. But when the government fears the people, there's liberty. Mm-hmm. Jefferson said that. Well, Pastor, that's, should, I'm sorry, that's we're, okay, we're running out of time. Yes, yes. So I just, before we have to leave, I'd like you to give your contact info, info on your book and your website one more time before we say goodbye. Sure. Uh, again, you can go to my website, smellthetruth.com. You can find all kinds of articles on there and past articles. You can sign up for my uh, monthly uh, article, which I'll send you my email, smellthetruth.com. You can also go to my church website, clfchurch.com. That stands for Christian Life Fellowship, clfchurch.com, if you'd like. You can also uh, email me if you want to, Dave at clfchurch.com. And again, my latest book is called Essays in Liberty. And if you look online, Essays in Liberty, Dr. David M. Berman, you will find it at Barnes & Noble, Amazon, or any major bookstore can get it for you, or you can get it off of my website, uh, very simple to get that, but Essays in Liberty will uh, that will really help you to understand how to look at the various issues, sort of the hot button issues, and really give a, a logical response okay. to uh, insanity. Well, we got to go, Doctor Dave. Thanks so much for your time, True Seekers. Thanks for joining us today, and God bless. Until next week, when we meet again. 
Hi, I'm Mark Spitz. I've been swimming all my life. I've won gold medals, even broken world records, but that doesn't mean that I'll go boating without wearing my life jacket. This year, too many people will die from boating-related accidents, and more than 80% of the drowning victims aren't wearing a life jacket. Accidents happen fast on the water. Even the best swimmers in the world can end up in trouble. That's why the U.S. Coast Guard recommends that you always wear your life jacket. Remember, it can't save your life unless you wear it. This message brought to you by the National Safe Boating Council and the United States Coast Guard.